Welcome to Week Conversations, a new video and podcast series bringing you insights with impact into energy, economics, and a changing world in the COVID-19 era. I'm your host, Dan Jurgen. This episode is moderated by my colleague, Carles Pasquale, Senior Vice President of Global Energy at IHS Market. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, my name is Carlos Pasquale, and welcome to Sierra Week Conversations presented by IHS Market. This has been a series with leaders in energy, public policy, technology, and finance. And today we have an opportunity to dig into a topic which is so critical to the process of energy transition. What makes the difference between an evolution in energy and a revolutionary change in our energy systems. And a critical factor behind that is, is the theme of digitalization. And we have with us today an expert on the topic who has created a company that is at the center point of the digitalization process, the CEO and president of Aspen Tech, Antonio Pietri. Antonio, what a pleasure to have you and thank you for joining us on Sierra Week Conversations. It's a pleasure to be here, Carlos. So Antonio, let's jump in directly into the challenge that we face with digital issues. We've gone through a period and we continue to go through a period of energy transition with a focus on reducing emissions, increasing efficiencies, and digitalization has been so key. And one of the questions that arises is, is digitalization a facilitator of change because it can give us new perspectives? Or on the other hand, because it cre can create new efficiencies, can it give added life to old technologies like mature oil fields? How do you balance the two between the processes of innovation and change and an extension of the past? Yeah, no, great, uh, great question, Carlos. Um, the fact is, and, and if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to perhaps uh, look at the question in, in, a, in a different form in that I would say the, the speed of change and the magnitude of change, especially if you look at the last uh, 12 years, the financial crisis, then the crash in oil prices in 2015-16, and now in 2020, uh, the pandemic and the, the crash in oil prices, what you're saying is that change is accelerating and the magnitude of that change is, is, is getting bigger. And, and we would argue that it is the, that change that is accelerating the need for greater digitalization. And that's what we're experiencing. And so as a company, uh, we've been involved in, in really delivering automation and digitalization to the oil and gas industry, the chemicals industry for the last uh, 39 years. And, and it is those companies uh, that have invested in that foundational automation technology uh, that are demonstrating the resiliency uh, through these uh, significant macro events uh, to sustain their businesses, uh, have the flexibility and adaptability to successfully navigate uh, to, through, through to the other side of all of this. So, so in a way, in our opinion, it is certainly uh, having in place the foundational technologies uh, 
we used to refer to them as automation, but the fact is that they are digital capabilities and then extending on those uh, uh, capabilities to introduce a new generation of digital capabilities, uh, especially around artificial intelligence, cloud, edge connectivity, and so on, that create the opportunity to, to further the life of some of the oil fields, to extend the, the, the return on investment for some of these assets uh, where the sunk investment is in the billions of dollars. Antonio, you rightly highlight some of the challenges that we've faced over the years, the 2015 crisis now, obviously the pandemic, and particularly now that's created a, a, a big emphasis on the importance of fiscal prudence, financial prudence. And at the same time, we see that climate change, ESG, societal pressures have put, put a much greater focus on sustainability. Is digitalization potentially a bridge that unites these two concepts, financial prudence and sustainability? Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. Uh, I'm convinced that um, it is a requirement. I'll give you two references. Uh, and, and again, going back to companies that have been building resiliency through digitalization, one of the uh, major global chemical companies in their 10K financial report from about 15 years ago already, they talked about uh, through the use of optimization technologies and multivariable control technologies in their ethylene crackers, they had uh, a cumulative benefit of about a billion dollars over a 10 year period. And over that same period, uh, they had um, emitted 500, they, they had reduced their CO2 emissions by 500,000 tons. Moving forward to 2020, and we have one of the major global oil companies in Europe with a net zero emissions target by 2050, uh, selecting a multivariable process control uh, to standardize across all their refineries as a way to also contribute to that net zero emissions target by 2050. But you can also think about predictive asset maintenance and, and predicting failure in equipment, avoiding potential failures in very dangerous to operate equipment that could normally lead not only to injuries or, or potentially loss of life, but significant, uh, uh, significant environmental impact. So, so the ability to mitigate uh, catastrophic failures in equipment improve the reliability of these assets will absolutely uh, serve as a bridge to a more sustainable future and, and one over time that will lead to new business models but uh, these companies have invested again significant amounts of money in these assets and they need to be stewards uh, to properly manage these assets while they manage their own Antonio so let's dig further into the and the question of oil companies and the extraordinary situation that they faced this year. Uh, collapse in demand for oil that's gone along with the collapse or contraction of, of economies throughout the world. The impact that it's had on oil prices and even after there's been some recovery, a huge overhang of inventories. And for companies that are trying to understand how to optimize their choices in this situation, can digitalization help? Yeah, and, and, and again, uh, this is a journey that uh, we've, uh, these companies have been in um, over the last uh, number of years, especially uh, we saw after the 2015-16 um, uh, uh, 
crash in our prices, how um, upstream operators uh, started to leverage uh, technologies that were uh, very common in refining, for example, to optimize refining operations uh, and leverage them in their own uh, production facilities uh, to optimize uh, oil production, uh, to optimize uh, 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 the production in oil offshore platforms, uh, the introduction of um, asset reliability uh, to monitor uh, remote assets uh, for potential failures. Uh, and so, so there's been a, a change in, in the culture in the upstream sector that is leveraging the learnings from refining uh, and now again in 2020, uh, they need to further decrease the, the average cost of production for a barrel of oil is leading to, to that emphasis on more digitalization. Uh, you could argue as well that uh, this, the speed of change, if, if you think about it in, in the middle of March, uh, or sort of early March, everything was going fine. But two weeks later, we were dealing with a major crisis so the, the ability to react in a couple of weeks in such a short term uh, to significant macro disruptions is leading companies to really want to digi digitize their supply chain. They now need much greater visibility, uh, agility and flexibility. Uh, they want to be able to, uh, to understand when their equipment is going to uh, fail potentially. Uh, be able to monitor all their assets real time with digital twins. So digitalization uh, will help, and again, uh, with efficiencies and, and improving operating costs, but also then uh, contributing to safety, uh, sustainability, which is all uh, about reliability. And, and, and ultimately, you know, uh, these, these companies uh, being able to maintain their license to operate from society, uh, which is the ultimate goal, I believe. And indeed, on that topic of the license to operate from society, if we go into the petrochemical sector, we can take this point a, a bit further because there the big issue has become the circular economy and how, how to avoid waste and bring it back into a process of, of reusing products. Is digitalization playing a role in that process? Yeah, absolutely, and 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 actually, we we believe uh, this is one of the most exciting times in in the history of of, of our company. Uh, we're a thirty nine uh, year old company, but at the same time, we, we we see all these opportunities that that are coming about from uh, really sustainability, climate change, the circular economy. So, what we see in the petrochemical sector, of course. Uh, normally, as, as we talk about uh, recycling, it's really downcycling uh, products or plastics that have been produced, but they're recycled into uh, lower uh, value-add uh, products. Uh, the goal ultimately will be to really decompose those products that are produced in, uh, into their original molecules so that they are recycled into equally valuable products. And this will create a, a whole new type of process technology and, and new products that, that will help with plastic waste and, and contribute to really create a, a truly circular economy uh, around plastics. If we can build on that, Antonio, and, and go back to the, the bread and butter questions of emissions reductions and efficiencies, they're, they're so central to the day-to-day -day operations now of, of virtually any, any industry, 
but it's become central to both oil, gas, and to petrochemicals. Can you give us some examples of the way that digitalization is having an impact? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Emilia, uh, uh, first of all, I, I think a lot of uh, digitalization has to be uh, about creating uh, more efficient processes. Uh, ultimately, energy efficiency uh, will will play a role in in this transition to to, to more sustainable uh, uh, products. So, so how do we create uh, processes that that are more energy energy efficient and through the application of of technology? And I gave you earlier an example around this global um, chemical company uh, really using digital capabilities to drive um, a lower energy consumption in their processes, therefore uh, emitting uh, less, less emissions. Uh, uh, but equally, uh, we do believe that um, uh, going forward, uh, there will be new capabilities that um, will be able to deliver to the market uh, around digital technologies. There's a convergence of uh, uh, the sort of the traditional operating technologies uh, that we've been delivering to the market for 39 years with a new generation of IT technologies, uh, the cloud, high performance computing, uh, edge, edge connectivity, uh, virtual reality, even robotics and, and, and drones. And, and, and this is creating uh, the opportunity to deliver a new generation of capabilities uh, we refer to these capabilities in Aspen technology as industrial AI, artificial intelligence, and, and is, is a new set of technologies that will combine the, the domain expertise and first principles of engineering uh, with artificial intelligence to derive a greater insight from the data, be able to predict more accurately so that ultimately we start delivering autonomous processes which should be processes that lead to safer, uh, more sustainable, more reliable, and, and equally more profitable operations. And this is how we see, our, we see helping our customers uh, bridging from uh, today's world to a world where they're operating in different, uh, with different business models, but they are e e equally more profitable at the same time. So in, indeed, that really takes us to the next topic that I wanted to explore with you, Antonio, which is that of innovation. It's going to, to that exploration of new technologies, new processes that are transformative, not just simply improving, but actually transforming and, and that are so critical to that revolutionary spirit of change. How does digitalization begin to, to take us to that, to the possibilities of innovation and where technology can actually take us? Yeah. Yeah, no, great question. Um, I mean, look, uh, the, the, certainly the, the oil and gas sector, uh, the chemicals industry, uh, historically are conservative in nature from the standpoint of adoption of technology for all the right reasons. Uh, you know, very dangerous and complex to operate assets. Therefore, they want to make sure that uh, the technology is fit for purpose. Now, at the same time, as, as these new digital capabilities are, are being introduced, uh, especially around artificial intelligence, which tends to be a, a black box, uh, machine learning, deep learning, uh, there's a need for a greater understanding of, of how th these, these technologies uh, get, reach their decisions. Um, uh, for safe and sustainable operations. 
And in that context, uh, we, we believe that in order for AI to be uh, safely deployed in, in very complex assets, you need to provide it uh, the guardrails, the sort of the rules of the road in the process industries in upstream. And the way to do that is by incorporating uh, first principles, uh, the operating limits, the, the, the physics, the chemistry, the math that, that really provides uh, that those energy and, and mass balances that are so important in safe operations. So when you combine that, that those first principles that domain expertise with AI, you now truly have a new set of capabilities that will allow the industry uh, to operate in, in ways that it hasn't operated before autonomously for remote operations. We do envision offshore platforms uh, being completely autonomous. Certainly people on the platforms to supervise the technology equally in refineries or, or chemical plants, uh, but all in a supervisory role. And this is now uh, an, an absolute reality. The convergence of these technologies is now creating the, the foundation for a new generation of technologies that, that will start delivering autonomous processes. And, and this is something we've embarked on. And, and actually this week we've announced the, the release of the first capabilities in that regard that we're very excited about. Antonio, you've talked about the plant of the future and you've led us into the, the, the path of di discussing and understanding what that means. But can you dig into that a little bit further and what this industrial artificial intelligence means for a plant of the future? Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, I mean, look, this is something that uh, we're very excited about. Um, we are uh, today introducing a new generation of products that uh, will uh, blend uh, first principles of engineering with uh, artificial intelligence. These are products that we refer to as, as hybrid products that have hybrid modeling capability. And now we'll be able to model processes uh, and operations, both using first principles and data uh, to create empirical data models for very complex to model processes using first principles. For example, highly nonlinear processes or phenomena that uh, we were not able to model using first principles. And this new generation of products will really serve the as, as the foundation to deliver highly uh, monitor and automated uh, assets where now you'll have hundreds of models that are monitoring every aspect of, of an operation real time, providing that information to the operators and, and the engineers, to the technology, uh, to the production optimization uh, process that will be closed loop. Uh, we envision going from uh, uh, planning down to control and back in a closed loop process, uh, equally uh, on reliability, the ability to predict when equipment is gonna fail 15, 30, 45 days in advance. Uh, will will inform uh, your planning and scheduling function, and all of these in in, in as a foundation to to really start thinking about how do we fully create autonomous uh, performance engineering processes. We have customers uh, now uh, demanding of us and asking us uh, to help them fully automate their engineering services organizations 
by putting uh, models online across all, all their assets. Uh, and we believe this is going to be possible in the, in the in the short term. We're also talking to customers that, about creating fully autonomous production optimization processes and autonomous reliability processes, all coming together with um, uh, to deliver an autonomous or self-optimizing plant that is driven by data and information supply and the supply demand balance because ultimately that is what drives and sets a target for for operations so uh, the prices uh, crude oil prices change how do you change your crude oil production on that basis or what is what is a what type of crude is better suited now for your refinery as uh, as a result of the changes in in the price of crude oil or as a result in, in the changes in demand for diesel or jet fuel, as they have experienced over the last uh, seven months, and do and do this autonomously, where a lot of the decisions are done are made by the technology. Some decisions will require approval by an engineer or operator when you're trying to change the limits of operations, and some decisions will require intervention. If we alert for a potential failure of an equipment, will require the intervention of a reliability engineer or a maintenance engineer. To, to check that equipment, but but much more highly automated, which should end up resulting in, in again, uh, uh, more efficient, more sustainable, and, and more profitable operations. I mean, this is a journey. It will take time, but we'll get there. The, the, the idea of efficiency behind what you described is, is mind-boggling. It's something which is stunning. And, and then with that, I, I come back to that original concept that we were talking about of, of how do you also facilitate change? How do you advance innovation? And if you could take that a, a step further and discuss a little bit more again of how those insights of greater efficiencies then also begin to help you understand where the frontiers of change can be and how you can bridge, go past them and and potentially move into areas of innovation that one has never thought of before. I, 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 absolutely, and 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 um, Carlos, uh, we experienced this uh, really 30, 35 years ago with the introduction of uh, multivariable process control. In the early days, uh, the idea that uh, there be closed loop control. Uh, uh, through technology of very complex processes, a uh, fluid catalytic cracker in a refinery or an ethylene cracker was really uh, challenging to the perceptions at that time. Well, today, this is accepted technology and the value that it creates has completely transformed the opportunities in the market. Look, we estimate that through the use of our technology, uh, our customers create about 50 billion US dollars a year in value. So we also foresee that uh, by introducing this new set of capabilities, we'll be able to push the, the limits of operation from an efficiency standpoint, from a sustainability standpoint. And the opportunity now is about an extra uh, $200 billion in value in both the chemicals and oil, oil industries. So innovation will continue to push uh, what's possible will continue to create new sources of value that uh, people didn't think were existed before and and ultimately serve as the bridge to this new business model that these companies will have to evolve to antonio in closing out the conversation um, let's come back to the discussion of people and 
to be able to achieve this, you have to have the brightest minds, the best data scientists. How are you attracting those people to your company? How do you attract them to having an interest to work on the oil and gas sector? Because it's so critical to have those innovative young minds that are trained in, in, in STEM to, to be part of this process of innovation. Yeah, no, I mean, great point. Um, look, we've been through our own uh, sort of uh, organizational transformation. Uh, the fact is that we were a company very steeped in chemical engineering uh, and engineering in general. Uh, about five, six years ago, we started to hire data scientists and, and certainly you, you find that initial resistance, but eventually, as, as these data scientists, uh, also chemometricians, got together with the chemical engineers, a magic started to happen. The, the innovation, the ideas that started to flourish from combining these very powerful algorithms and data science with first principles of, of engineering, started to create tremendous uh, innovation and, and, and ideas that is now what we're delivering today to the market. In my opinion, certainly you have to have purpose. What, as a company, you have to be able to explain to, to your employees what is your purpose, what is your role in, in sustainability, both climate change and circular economy. What is your role in society? Because the fact is that these our customers have improved the standard of living of people around the world through the supply of energy and, and, and the chemicals and the plastics. But going forward, you know, in addition to, to sustainability, I think what will be important is certainly presenting to this new generation of, of uh, scientists the, the use cases, the challenges that uh, will serve for them as a way to contribute to this new world that we all have to evolve to a more sustainable world and, 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 and have them feel like they're having a real impact on that future world that we're all striving for. So that's what we're finding in our company. Uh, it's incredible uh, what happens when you introduce new capabilities into an organization and you allow them to, to really freely think about what's possible and the innovation that, that can be delivered. So uh, we're very proud of what we've accomplished, but I think the opportunity uh, has no ceiling in the, in the oil and gas and chemical industries. Antonio, you used a fascinating phrase, magic started to happen. And indeed, one of the things that you've highlighted so well is that magic partly depends on clarity of purpose. And here, your purpose has been so clear of using digitalization in a way that can facilitate change, that can be innovative, can be transformative. And that is so critical, not just to making the best efficiency, to have the best stewardship, of the resources that we have today, but to be able to look at what those new frontiers are that are so fundamental to create sustainability as well. Fascinating discussion, fascinating transformations that you're making through the contributions of your company. Antonio Petri, the president and CEO of Aspen Tech, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, Carlos. It was good to be here. Thanks again for tuning in to another Sierra Week conversation presented by IHS Market. For the complete video series and previous episodes, visit us online at sierraweek.com.